Welcome to the Aggressive Life. I like interact with people in different sectors of society. Today, we're going to interact with somebody who is in the personal fitness realm. Uh, I've known this guy a bit for the last couple years. Uh, really good du- dude, Vince Del Monte. And this dude has more irons in the fire than the average person. He keeps a schedule that quite frankly, I find a bit exhausting. We're going to get into that today. But uh, he's got a lot of irons in the fire, even as we record. He's got kids running around in the background. He's got a full house. So uh, bear with us today as we try to dig into the meat and depths of one man's heart. Welcome today to The Aggressive Life. Most of us have fitness goals, and we would like to get to a new place fitness-wise. And that's something we want to do aggressively. I mean, if you, if you want to get to a different place physically, you're going to have to do something different. If you want something different than you have right now, you're going to have to do something different than what you're doing right now. And uh, my guest today, I think he's, uh, he's one of the best at it. He's a fitness coach. He's a guru. Vince Del Monte, not related to canned vegetables. He, he, he wasn't always that way. Even though college, he struggled to gain weight. He was known as uh, quote unquote, skinny Vinny. He was six feet tall, but he weighed less than 150 pounds soaking wet. He right now is a successful health coach. He has a, a business working with other health professionals and other personal trainers. Uh, I've been on his podcast, gosh, I think it was years ago. It was, it was a real fun time. And he's returning the favor to be with us on The Aggressive Life. Welcome, Vince Del Monte, Skinny Vinny. Hey, Brian, man, this is incredible. I want to give people a little bit of your credentials because whenever we talk about physical fitness, I find it's a very, it's a frustrating topic. A lot of us just don't feel good about where we are physically, so we don't want to hear something about physical fitness when it might even bring more shame on us. It might make us feel more guilty. That's not what we're doing today. Please hear me. That is not what we're doing. I'm, I'm not into putting shame on anybody, especially here as a guy who's talking who likes tobacco. So I'm not, I'm not about putting physical shame on anybody. But the other reason why it's really difficult is whenever I talk to somebody physically or read articles, there's so much like competing science about how our body works and how you lose weight and how you have, it's like, it's like people can't get published unless they say something different. And I can't, I just can't get uh, any trustworthiness behind those things. So before we get into that, you're, you're, you're pretty darn well known and you, uh, I think we call you an expert. Just get, just give us your credentials. First of all, I like that you use the term expert. So there's two types of people out there. I call them gurus or experts. A guru is somebody who's done something once, okay? An expert is somebody who's done something consistently over time. So in the gym, that might be the guy who's bench pressed 315 pounds once. He bust up his elbows, but he did get it up. (laughs) (laughs) And you haven't seen him back in the gym for a couple months because he... uh, did something to his shoulder as well. And then there's the guy that can do 315 for reps. So the question becomes is who do you wanna learn from? And this is what I teach to our students as well in business. Do you wanna learn from the guy that had a good month? He had a good year, he had a good launch? Or do you wanna learn from the guy who's been producing that level of income consistently year in and year out? And he's gone through a variety of uh, changing seasons, if you will. So. For me, I like to learn from guys who 
aren't emotionally attached to specific ways. And I'm totally fine if somebody has their way, but oftentimes they'll have their way because they have looked at a lot of other methods and they've likely gone inward and done hair analysis, hormone analysis. They've actually got input on how their body's responding to certain methods. And right, hold on actually, right there, hold on right there. Hair analysis, what, what, what does that, what is that? Right, so you can see where, you know, you know, if your libido's high, if your libido's low, you can see, uh, you know, insulin response, you can see uh, different responses that your body's having, adrenal response. It all comes back to what's the goal, right? Is the goal to be, feel good or is the goal to feel great? Are you going for optimal? Are you, you know, that comes back to the motivation of the individual and, and what their desired end outcome is. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways to arriving at like what, type of eating style, training style works best for you. And I don't think people appreciate that to really understand your body, you have to test, hmm. right? You put certain things in, you see how your body responds. You take certain things out, you see how your body responds. That's in the gym with your nutrition and it's with everything. And so there is a process and I think this is what frustrates people in their journey with fitness is that they get easily defeated. <laughs> They try something for three weeks. They're not where they want to be. They get impatient. Now we got social media. It seems like everybody's getting overnight results. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just try this pill, this powder, this potion, this needle, this hormone. And people have lost kind of the appreciation of what it takes to transform. Every single gram you put in your body matters. So you can actually tell when you're feeling 10 out of 10 and when you're feeling 4 out of 10 because you take things to extremes. And now you have intelligence so there's not a right or wrong when it comes to you know, what and how and when to eat. There's certainly ways that are gonna be more optimal depending on your, what I call current conditions and based on your current settings, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get out of your nutrition and training and all that. And you, you learned all this stuff how? Well, I went to the University of Western. I spent 50,000 bucks, Brian, on a degree, <laughs> but uh, that degree, basically got me a job as a personal trainer for $10 an hour. <laughs> My education began from you know self-education. I'm a product of getting around very, very smart people, Ian King and Charles Poliquin and Tom Purvis of RTS123.com and professional bodybuilders, uh, people who are blending the science as well as the real world application and who were competing at the highest level or coaching people at the highest level. So. I invested a fortune, to be honest, on mentorships and boot camps and flying to the UK and learning from people that were actually teaching this stuff in a real world setting and saying, yeah, this, you know, yeah. they give you a foundation in school, but they don't actually like, they don't, these guys aren't trying to push the limits. They're not striving for optimal. So you have to find the people that are striving for like optimal to like get the good stuff. And now you're basically getting your livelihood by coaching, mentoring, training other personal trainers around the world. How, how many people look to you as their coach right now who are trainers? We have a coaching program called the Seven Figure Mastermind, which is a five-figure price point. And we have over 225 people in that coaching program right now. And these are all individuals who are either starting, so they haven't even launched their program yet. And they're, we have members who are all the way from, you know, making their first $10,000 in one month to members. We had a couple of members who made over a female that just hit 171K last month and another fellow in the UK who just did 150K 
last month. So we have a wide spectrum wait, wait, of people. One month, one month helping people do push-ups. They got $150,000. High ticket coaching. You got it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's <laughs> that a crazy is awesome. world, man. God bless America and Canada and England. That's awesome. It's, it's a crazy world. So, And then I have a beginner coaching program, which is a smaller price point, And we have over 500 people. And back in March, our coaching program like literally tripled. Mm. Like our business broke. We had so much people like looking for guys like me saying, I don't have a job. I no longer have a livelihood. I need to learn how to sell and market my services on the internet. And uh, I just happened to be positioned for that influx of traffic, if you will. We've helped so many people, heck, a number of people shut down their gyms permanently because they found this new online model. So we're just helping people. And this is what I've been doing since 2006. So it's been pretty cool. I was definitely positioned to support a lot of people. Let me give all the folks in the aggressive life why this is so fascinating to me. I was on Vince's podcast. Was that two years ago? Three years ago? I, uh, oh, it's definitely over a year. Yeah, and your you know your business was kicking ass and taking names, and you was I'd never heard of a business like yours, and it was like I'm like wow, it always it always amazes me the ways that you can make money. Like okay, I guess people someone can make money that way. I, I, it it fascinates me, fascinates. Me. So so anyway, you were doing you were doing really well back then, but then to, then to hear that you've tripled, you tripled coming out of coming out of COVID. It, it, it's it's not like. God just dropped his blessings on you, though I know you, you're a man of God. I know you believe that and know that. I'm not trying to short circuit the blessings of God at all, but you had a breakthrough because you had a lot of years of repetitive discipline, doing the right things, laying a foundation, and then bam, it went to, the new, it went to a new place. Just pontificate on that. For, help those of us be encouraged if we're just doing the same thing, we're trying to be strategic, but we're not seeing breakthrough. What would you say to us? Oh man, that's that's such a good point because, you know, right now it's really bad because, you know, people will come into the coaching program and then, uh, you know, they uh, don't get rich in month one. <laughs> like this doesn't work. Success is your duty and your responsibility. A lot of people are rushing this space that I'm in and they're calling themselves online fitness business coaches or business coaches or here's the sad truth. A lot of these people have not had true success in their own business. I'm just going to say it, right? I call them one trick teachers. They're like one trick ponies, right? And having already done what these uh, new trainers want to do for more than 13 years myself, I position myself to have that trust factor where I've already produced what these guys want in excess. All right, so I'm one of the only guys that's built four different seven-figure online fitness businesses for myself. I've built four different six-figure online fitness businesses for my wife. I do have to put that out there in the marketplace because people are looking for, if I'm going to invest a substantial amount, like what kind of fruit have you produced in your own life? So having built a YouTube channel, having put out a book, having dozens of programs, having built a team, having, you know also had a number of launches that completely failed, right? A supplement line that I lost a lot of money on, a clothing line that I lost a lot of money on, all right? People want to come to the guy that hasn't just succeeded, but has had a lot of failures. So having been around for over 12 plus years um, and also being very vocal about my faith, I attract a lot of people because of who I am and not so much just what I do. Because 
On the flip side, there are a lot of great business coaches out there, uh, but they might not be playing the same long game as me and have the same values where they see, okay, Vince has got three kids under seven. He works from 4 a.m. to 4.30. He doesn't work on weekends. So he's building this business in a certain way. And I always say anybody, anybody can make money. The question is, is how? And who's with you at the end of the month? Who's with you at the end of the year? Could I go faster? Maybe. But at what expense? You got to stop getting up at freaking four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I, four o'clock in the morning. See, that's a problem with guys like you. They, they make guys like me feel like losers. I have to though. I got three young kids, right? And, and I got to get three hours of deep work in before the day gets started. So I call it my money later tasks. So these are the things that will produce income for the business in 30 days from now. And then I've got my money maintenance tasks, which is basically the day-to-day stuff. It's the stuff that just keeps the business going. And then there's the money now task, which is what will produce revenue in the next one to 30 days. So I structure the day in money later, money now, money maintenance. I do the hard stuff first. So by the time seven o'clock rolls around, I've already concentrated on what matters most for my business growth, at least. So what's a hard thing for you that you would do at, say, 4.30 in the morning? So one thing for me is like as our program grows, we have to make the product better. Like the product has to get better. It's got to be more systematized. It's got to be more structured. It's got to be sensational. The product has to get better. And with more people coming into the program, the program starts to break because, you know, uh, you know, pressure exposes all the cracks. So we start to see, okay, we need a better training for this problem members are having. So I'm working on things to make the product actually better. That's one of the things that's going on in the mornings for me right now. I hear you saying that's basically your creative time. I'm, I'm similar. I'm, I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm not, but my, but my, my, my best creativity over what I'm going to teach or say, it always comes in the morning. My, my assistant will block out for me sometimes something in the afternoon. It might say, you know, video, I had just one had had one the other day, you know, video shoot at the zoo tomorrow. This is preparation time. It was like three to five. I'm thankful she put that on there. I'm I'm not doing, I'm getting no great creative ideas from three to five. I'm not, I, I, I can send out emails to people who I need to maintain relationships with or people in the ministry. That's, that sounds like kind of stuff you're talking about with the maintenance. I can do that, but man, my bet, my best stuff is in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. And, you know, actually somebody told me that's probably the best productivity hack I've ever received. And my youngest, she's two, she's now, you know, kind of sleeping through the night. I sleep in the basement for the most part from Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday so that I can can get a full night's sleep and so that I can get that work done, you know, before my day goes into reaction mode and I have to start, you know, supporting my team and putting out fires. But if my day ended at, seven o'clock every day. And then I train afterwards. I go upstairs and I help with the kids make the breakfast, uh, clean up the kitchen a bit. And I do have, by the way, the easy job. (laughs) I I work. That is the bulk of my day working. Uh, But that really helps. I'm doing things that are built around working on the business and not working in it. And that has probably been the number one productivity hack since having kids. I have to just go to bed earlier. And that disciplines me in the evening times where we maybe normally in the past watch two or three episodes of Vikings uh, or something, mm-hmm. we watch maybe one episode and, hey, we got we to gotta shut things down here or else my day's all totally whack, out of whack. And ask my wife, if I miss my mornings, like 
I'm not miserable, but I'm like, oh man, I'm behind. I have this, like, I'm so much more focused when I wake up, I take control and the most important stuff gets done before anybody can even get a hold of me. So I was really excited to to dig into and geek out on health information for this, for our time together. I wanted to, you know, just get your thoughts on what's the real skinny of how many calories you should be taking in because everyone says something different. I wanted to get into the real skinny on what should recovery look like, how how much time do we need rest between I don't, a set that we're doing. I mean, all kind of stuff like that because I, I, when I go into the gym, I just – I just kind of basically piddle around. I'll admit it. I piddle around. I go in regularly. I was in my basement this morning. I piddle around. I'm not proud of my workouts, but I'm doing something. So I wanted to just talk about that for a little bit, but I'm actually wanting to pivot here because uh, I'm, I'm really struck by your intentionality that you have about organizing your life. Uh, and you've been able to transfer sort of a workout mindset into other areas of your life. And you call them the five M's. Let's, let's dig into those if that's okay with you, Vince. So muscle, we'll just start with the one that I thought would be good for us to talk about, muscle. What's your best piece of coaching for how we might add muscle to our bodies and why we would want to add muscle to our bodies if we don't live in California and have a bathing suit every day? Oh, yeah. Uh, so to manufacture new muscle tissue, it responds to stress. When it comes to building muscle, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I, I, another way I could say this is it doesn't matter if you do 100 reps if they all suck. Hmm. All right. So when we're trying to build muscle, we have to actually fatigue the muscle. What that requires us to learn how to do is selectively recruit the muscle. All right. So if, if I want to build my bicep, I need to be able to contract it. So if you just you know start to contract your bicep, squeeze harder, harder, squeeze harder. So, oh, man, Vince, that's starting to cramp. Now you're learning how to actually contract your biceps. Hmm. So if we were working out together, I'd probably be cueing you on a lot of really simple things. Brian, slow it down. Squeeze first. Now curl. Good. You feel it? Now hold it for a second at the top. All right. Release the tension slowly. Don't let it go. Well, slow it down. Slow it down. Maintain the tension. Okay. And you just squeeze harder, harder, harder. So we'd be focusing on a lot of internal cues. I don't like the word lifting, all right, because lifting kind of implies swinging. When you're in the gym, if your intention is to build muscle, the entire goal is to contract muscle tissue and to direct the tension actually through the muscle and not dump it into joints. And this is where people, oh, my elbows are hurting me. Oh, my shoulders are hurting me. So if you want to build bigger muscles, lift slower and contract harder. Okay, so when you say contract, are you are you saying basically, and I'm doing a little curl here with, you know, are you basically, are you saying before I even start curling it up, I flex my muscle like I'm in a bodybuilding competition? Do I've, it right. I've, I can already see you doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. is that what you're saying so, though? I don't, I don't just absolutely. lift the weight. Absolutely. Huh, interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, so I want Of course you, you can see it because you can see my massive muscle. Of course you <laughs> exactly. can see it. You can see it and everyone can see it. <laughs> You got it. But Brian, you got it. So it, it's, these aren't like, this is the encouraging thing. Like these are very simple concepts. The, another term we use a lot is own it. Own it. Don't let the weight own you. Control is the currency of muscle growth. So if you can't control it, you can't challenge it. And if you can't challenge it, then you can't contract it. Now you got the concepts. Now you need to see how these are applied to all the different movements in the gym. Okay. Very helpful. All right, mindset. Let's talk mindset. 
What do you mean by that? I'm not like, a, I don't like actually mindset because I use it because it works with the EMs. But if you look at what's happening in people's mind, it's really always rooted in people's belief sets. How you process, you know, storms and, you know, how you process setbacks. It's, it's how you interpret struggles, how you are managing your emotions on things, maybe expectations you have with a certain goal or a relationship and how you're able to move through these, you know, what I would just normalize for somebody as, yeah, this is pretty ordinary. What you're going through is actually really ordinary, but a lot of people don't have the ability to see that, hey, this is like, it takes a couple years to lay a foundation for a business before you're gonna actually have consistent months. I don't know where you got this uh, this belief that you should, your income should be going up, 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 up every single night or every single week. So. It's really like mindset's always rooted in your ability to reframe what I would say problems as probably opportunities. One of the things I've been practicing recently, which if if there was a younger version of myself and I had heard myself saying this, I probably would have rebuked myself. Um, uh, um, I was just dead wrong on it. I've a lot of stuff that's just new agey or new agey sounding. I just feel is just light and fluff or just downright wrong and maybe even harmful. So what I'm going to say I've been doing recently sounds new agey, so I would have rebuked myself, but I'm not. I actually find it's very helpful is, you know, the power of words. The Bible talks about that again and again, that the the words give life. With our words, it's like putting a little bit inside of a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship. Our words are huge. We all know this, right? We know that our parents can jack us up with words. I can encourage you with words, but I've never until the last few months really recognized I can give myself words. I, I can tell myself things. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if I'm basically thinking something, it's basically I'm telling myself words. And I, I've, I've, I've started speaking myself. I'm not talking about speaking myself as speaking to the divine inside me. I'm not saying speaking myself as speaking to God. This is not some pantheistic new age thing. I, I, I talk to God separately. It's a separate deal. But I also talk to other people and I also have been talking to myself, telling myself things like, okay, you can do this. You're strong enough for this. You 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 were created for this. You have the capacity to take this on. I just have found myself talking to myself more and I found it actually very, very helpful. Uh, what's going on there? Man, oh man. I'm not. I'm a pretty simple guy, Brian. So I couldn't explain all the science, but I mean, I do believe garbage in, garbage out, right? Like, it's like, what are you feeding your mind? Like, I know if you give your body good nutrients, you're gonna get better output in the gym. I know when you give your mind good thoughts, you're gonna get better beliefs. So, the number one blow, number one way to blow a deal is to uh, have less conviction, will have less certainty than the other person. Thoughts are so, so powerful. Cause like I go to these big mastermind events, I'll hang out with you, I'll just listen to one thing you say, and I'm like, oh, boom, that's what I needed to hear, right? And I'm like, oh man, I was thinking about that differently. So yeah, you're, that's good. Y- you've gotta take hold of those thoughts or else they could take hold of you and you're like, next thing you know, you're talking yourself out of something that was actually doing moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's great. All right, coach us on money. You know, money, I think, I think the big thing, I'm a big believer that, you know, God has given us gifts and, uh, you know, what we do with our gifts is, you know, what we give back to him. And I, I think it's really important for us to understand, like, God doesn't need my money. 
I got a bit, but even if I gave him all of it, it's not good. God doesn't need my money. Uh, you know, he doesn't really even probably need my talents. Uh, so I think my perspective, a biblical perspective around money is that it's really an opportunity to partner with him. And what an opportunity, like he's going to advance, you know, with me or without me. And, it, and, you know, I think God doesn't want my money, but I do know that he wants my heart. I will say, I've, like we've given uncomfortably the last two years. Yep. It's really does test where your heart is. Yep. And I, it really does test where your heart is. And for me, I'm, you know, from more of a business standpoint, I see money as simply a vehicle. All right. Money is useless unless you use it to make more. So I like to look at money as simply as a vehicle. I can use it in a way to make more for myself and to create opportunities for other people. So, um, man, yeah, money, I could talk about money for a while, but I'll kick it off there. Great. So you're getting your five categories that uh, you coach a lot of people on. You've written about muscle, mindset, money, and we're just getting kind of your top of mind thoughts that may intrigue us to to get uh, some of your some of your material. Your fourth is mission. Coach us on mission. Yeah, I think I, I see a lot of you know with social media, you got everybody. It seems like they've got everything figured out at a young age. Like, I don't feel like I was actually, a, you know, in my mission probably until the last two three years. Hmm. Like, I was a trainer since the age of twenty two. I feel like that was the right path for me. But I didn't, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be a personal trainer the rest of my life. I was pretty sure like training was what I was paid to do. I made a great career of it. I got a, you know, YouTube channel. That business did very well. I really feel like my mission has been to be a leader and I've been called to lead personal trainers to also become leaders. And I have a little term called lit leaders impacting transformations. And it actually came from one of my mentors, Craig, and he, he always just kind of called me a uh, leader of men. And I'm like, I'm not a leader of men. <laughs> I've got like a small, you know, I got a, bit, a YouTube channel with guys who want to build muscle. I'm not a leader of men. What are you talking about? And I think that coming also from a, a, an upbringing where my father was a pastor, we actually just celebrated his 40 years. He just retired. He doesn't call it retiring. He calls it refiring. Mm. And we did a big, we did a big celebration and, you know, I watched him impact people's lives on the discipleship level and, you know, meeting with the same group of guys for many, many years. I always kind of felt like my calling, if you will, or my, my yeah, was kind of inferior. Like I wasn't having, you know, kingdom impact that like I kind of saw was maybe the highest standard in my mind. And I started to realize, though, that I had access to something my dad didn't. <laughs> which was non-believers. I had right. access, you know, I had access to a lot of non-believers being in this fitness world and going to these masterminds with all these, you know, six and seven and eight figure earners who didn't have God. And I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be because here I am building a successful business. And these guys are saying like, Vince, you also have a lot of other good things going on. For I saw like, here's an opportunity for me to showcase a life that's a trade up in all areas. And I think the mission became more clear when I just simply said, like, God can use me anywhere. Like, he can use me on the gym floor. If, if uh, the internet got shut down tomorrow, I went back to the gym, I could be used in the gym setting. I'm being used right now. 
it's not a Christian fitness business coaching program, but we have a lot of Christians in our coaching program. We have a lot of different faiths in our coaching program, a lot of different sexualities in our coaching program, and people feel safe being around me. And for me, that's something I actually am pretty proud of, that people feel safe coming to my events, knowing that Vince is a Christian, he posts his worship stuff on Sundays, uh, he'll definitely drop a preference here and there, but they still feel safe in my environment. For me, I feel like I'm doing something. That gives me some form of peace. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, you're right. There's All of us have things that we can do that only we can do. There's a kind of person that you can reach and build into that I just can't. And, you know, there's things that I can do and build into that you're probably not going to have the opportunity to either. I, I finally, I think I've gotten over the comparison game of comparing myself to others and feeling like I don't measure up or sometimes feeling like I measure up pretty well and just realizing we all got We all got a different mission. We got a, We got a different calling. We have a different field. That, that's great. Great news. I think Vince. you just summed up mission better than I actually did there. I, like just, yeah, being effective at only what you can do. I think that's mission right there. Marriage. Tell us about marriage. You're asking me. Yeah. Well, you, have, you write a book on it. You're, you're talking about these are the five categories to holistic life. Yes, I am asking you. I want you to make my marriage better because I know you have all the answers, Vince. You've already told me how to flex my biceps and feel like more man. Tell me how to flex my marriage. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know that you know that this conversation has to go. Like, if you really want to know how the marriage is, ask my wife. Right. She she'll tell she'll tell you. But yeah, let's be honest. You know, uh, if my wife was here, she'd say Vince uh, needs to work on a lot of things. Probably the same things he, he we've been trying to work on for ten years. So it's hard. Marriage is holy cow, very very very. It's tough. We finally got some help this past year. Um, fortunately, you know, my parents have been married for over 40 years. Uh, so have my wife's. Um, my wife's, she's one of 17 children. 17? Yeah, 17? From the same parents. From the same parents. Uh, th- those <laughs> folks didn't need to have their hair tested for their libido. My gosh, <laughs> 17? 17? <laughs> I know. So family's everything. Marriage is like it's with or without our face. It's still like a sacred. It's a commitment. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. So, um I guess with marriage, we're trying to represent a marriage that's thriving though and not just surviving. And probably one of the hardest things with me, and I know I've shared this with a lot of my guy clients, is that um, I've built a pretty successful brand around not getting emotionally connected to people and that can only take you so far. And that, you know, unfortunately, as my my therapist revealed to me this past summer, that's why your your intimacy, your relationship with your wife has only gone so far too, because you don't put a currency on emotional connection. I've realized that that's the thing that prevents us from growing closer and being able to her to fully trust me and for us to be fully supportive on one vision. So it creates this constant tension. So I think in marriage, I would first say that. It's not easy. Um, if it's not easy, it's probably because you're doing something right. You're probably trying to actually grow. My best advice is I like, get help. Like she had to get some help from uh, the therapist that I worked with and I had to get some help with her as well. And what we both realized is that we can't change each other. And the more she's worked on herself and she's brought her problems to God about me and I've just focused on what I can control, that's when our marriage is like the best. I think also like my dad always told me like, you wanna 
frail a marriage that you would pass on to your kids. And I'm actually like, there's a lot of things that I'm pretty proud of. I'm like, if my daughter ended up with this marriage, it'd be okay. It's not where I'd want it to be. And that's kind of my inspiration to keep making it better. Because I know deep down the status of our marriage. And I'm like, would I want my daughter to have what my wife is experiencing? And that's kind of what pulls me to like, keep getting help. Even on things I'm like, oh my gosh, we're talking about this again. Why can't I get this freaking, why can't I figure this out? Because as you start going deeper, you start to see your your heart and you're like, am I actually that selfish? And then you have to start saying, I'm not, but uh, it's showing up because I'm actually trying to protect myself because it will reveal that I actually do care. And that's scary for me because if I show that I care, then I'm actually going to become more emotionally connected to people. And if I get emotionally connected with people, that's, so there's all this new, I just, what I'm saying is like, get help. Yeah. Get like if you're if your marriage isn't where you want it to be, get help and find out like what's missing from what you can control. Yeah, the physical intimacy is is easy, <clears throat> e- even if your libido is low. I mean, a pill, uh, you know, I mean, a pill can serve that, uh, can solve that, right? I mean, but I found that the the physical intimacy takes care of itself if you can get on the backside of the emotional intimacy, and that's the harder work. I mean getting an erection been doing that since i was 13 you know whatever but <laughs> but trying 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 to trying to emotionally connect which is it just wears you out right or at least it does me it's difficult trying to do that is that's where the game is and it's actually where the most fulfillment is well, Vince, go, go ahead and advertise your stuff. Like, what, where's your podcast? Where can people follow up with you? You got, you've got, you're, you're a deep well people can can drink from. So, how how people follow up with for, you? For, for sure. So, you know, we're pretty prolific on social media. Uh, YouTube channel is Vince Del Monte. Facebook um, and Instagram, it's all Vince Del Monte. We do have a podcast, which I'll keep it simple for people. It's Vince Del Monte Podcast Show. So, uh, I'm I'm most active right now. Um, actually, I just started a new series on my YouTube channel with my dad. It's called Top 10 Lessons I Learned from My Dad. It's really, really good. So um, Instagram is probably the best place to get a hold of me. If anyone wants to send me a message, we reply to all of our messages, at Vince Del Monte. So that's an easy place to get a hold of me, at Vince Del Monte on Instagram, Blue Verified Account. Yeah, I'll just give you some encouragement here, brother. This is, um, I, I, I think you really gave people something today that I don't know that, they knew they were going to receive. This is not a quote unquote faith podcast. What I mean by that, I'm not coming into these, this podcast and getting, and, and getting guests who are going to toe the line on Bible passages. I'm not, I'm not looking for people who are going to come in and kind of bolster people who have a Christian faith. I'm not, I'm not against that. That's just not who makes the list of who I interact with. I, I want to interact with just folks who are aggressive in various, various ways. And, um, but to see you just wear your faith in the sle- on your sleeve, to see you show us that your faith is at the core of who you are in any way you slice you, it's just like slicing sausage. It's it's the same. I could ask you anything and you just, you have a biblical worldview and a personal relationship with Jesus that's really deep and really infectious. And I love how you just put that on display today. And I think we can all learn that in whatever industry we're in. Way to go, brother. I wish we uh, I wish we could be buddies in real time flesh. This has been really good for me today. Thank you so much, and I'm excited to interact with you, you know, soon on another level. I love what you're doing, Brian. You're a good man, and I'm just honored that you brought me on your show. 
Thank you, Vince Del Monte. I'm more honored that you're here on The Aggressive Life, helping people get aggressive in whatever their mission is, with whatever mindset they have right now, and whatever relationship or marriage they do have or don't have, and whatever muscle mass they have or don't have. Vince has helped us get aggressive. So let's do that. Find something today. You're not going to be able to push the ball forward in all five of these areas. I, I don't really think you can. I don't think, but there's something that happened today that you can take action on, do that, and watch your life go to a new place. That's it for today. Thanks for being with me and my buddy Vince Del Monte on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? If you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome, the production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.